This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler and AJ Vickery. After a long, uh, good holiday season and rest, it's the new year, 2020. So much uh, to look forward to here in the new year. And uh, we've got a, a cool show. We're going to look forward and look back. We're uh, in a new decade now. So uh, in today's program, we're going to look at uh, the the best tech over the past 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. 10 years. I know. I hope you're prepared. <laughs> uh, gadgets, <laughs> uh, mobile tech, smart home tech, wearables. And at the end, the worst gadgets as well. I don't even know if we even have enough time for all we that. We could do a whole show on the worst. <laughs> worst. Oh, I know. I know. I've got a few to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the big thing for us at the beginning of every year uh, for all the tech nerds and our team is the Consumer Electronics Show happening in Las Vegas. And uh, we're flying out tomorrow Yes, for that. Uh, so we'll be there all week. Literally 175,000 uh, geeks converge on Las Vegas to check out millions of square feet of the latest technology. It literally takes over all of Las Vegas. I love the fact that like, you know, nerds now, like the definition of nerd is pretty wide, you know, like it used to be pretty narrow, but now it's a little wider. Yeah. I like it. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So it's interesting. I, you know, I, I always look forward to, you know, what's going to be coming up there. Uh, I know, obviously, it's going to be a lot more smart home stuff. Of course, TVs are always a big story, but are they a big story anymore, you think? No, because it's They been try a, to make it a big story. It's been a race to the bottom, right? Yeah. L- look what we just went through with Black Friday and Boxing Day deals, right? Yeah. Um, like a 50-inch TV for 250 bucks. I got a 55 for 250 <laughs> That is amazing. Yeah. Is it any good? It's a, fanta- it's a Samsung, yeah. It was it's a, a Samsung. It's a crazy, awesome deal. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get it off the back of a truck? No. 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 No, that's crazy. But, you know, see, it's an interesting time because it's for our team. It's just go, go, go. Uh, you know, we've got a few folks going down there. We've got our camera guys. Uh, and we're just trying to capture as much content uh, for, obviously, our website, the radio show, uh, and the TV show uh, as well. Uh, but, you know, it, it literally goes from morning well into the evening because even after the show closes then there's like mini shows that happen afterwards uh there's things called like showstoppers and the digital experience these are mini shows that are set up in these large ballrooms in the hotel it's like speed dating it's like speed dating for tech they're just like everyone's got the same size small table and i actually enjoy those the most to be honest it's much more intimate and it's not quite as crazy as the main show floor which you know you're pounding the pavement walking across the lvcc the las vegas convention center which can take you hours to walk across the entire one entire hall I like it because it levels the playing field, yeah. you know? So it's like, you know, like to your point, like some of these booths are like yeah. ginormous. Yeah. Yeah. But at these little ones, everyone's got the same size table. Same size. How, like a 10 foot table. Yeah. 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 10, little 10 by 10s. Yeah. And so you'll have Dell, Hewlett Packard, and then, you know, Woof Woof, a startup uh, doing some sort of pet tech. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. they're all in the same playing field. Uh, but it's, it's interesting how these things work for, you know, the press and media. These are put on by third party companies and they uh, basically wine and dine you like they set up a full smorgasbord for all the the media folks there and open bar which is dangerous it is kind of dangerous yeah because it gets <laughs> everyone all liquored up it goes for several hours and by the end yeah a lot of the the journalists are i love your tech man <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's the point though isn't yeah. it for sure and then after that are the parties yes like the big parties you know 
Let's it's Vegas. About, there are no small parties in Vegas. They're like, all big. Like Samsung. They, what are they? They're taking everyone to the hockey game yeah. this year. Uh, before, uh, I remember one year in the Hard Rock Cafe uh, Hotel, up in one of the penthouse suites, they invited, uh, you know, the Canadian media anyway, just the Canadian media. And they had Sam Roberts playing. Oh, yeah. I remember it, it's that. It's like this penthouse suite. And you've got that. all these nerdy tech journalists like us. There's a bowling lane in the penthouse. There was a bowling lane. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. And so Sam, I love Sam Roberts. And yeah. so he's there yeah. playing. So he plays Two a few feet songs. from you. Yeah. 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 And then he's finished. And he goes sits at the bar in this little penthouse suite. And I'm sitting there. And, and I'm just, I'm talking to Sam Roberts. Yep. I'm like, hey, you want a bowl? Okay. <laughs> it, was, it was really freaking weird. <laughs> my, my Samsung tends to do it really well yeah. in Vegas. My favorite uh, party experience was actually a Samsung party a couple years ago where the Cosmo Hotel, they have an outdoor pool. Yes. In January, you don't want to be in that pool because no. it's not heated. No. So what Samsung did in their infinite wisdom, they actually put an ice rink over top of it. And you in could, Vegas. In, in Vegas. In January. In January. Okay. And you could play hockey on this surface it's a full size skating rink and they even brought in some nhlers to come play with you it's, they, a, it's amazing the amount of money they spend on this yeah <laughs> did you play i do not skate <laughs> <laughs> well one year uh at the palm hotel uh in one of the big huge suites they had up uh they had a basketball i don't know how they get basketball up there court or <laughs> half court and they had like a, one of the toronto raptors so you could be drinking your face off yep and then shooting a basketball with one of the Raptors. That didn't end well either. I did have a few beers with Dave Babbage though when we were skating, when they were playing the hockey games. Oh, really? Yeah. It was pretty See, fun. That's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I remember years ago, uh, Intuit, you know, the Quicken guys, uh, their party, you, it was at Caesars and it was like a surprise thing and you go there and they had a, in that ballroom, it was a full basketball court and it was the Harlem Globetrotters. Wow. And you, you could go play with them. You could go play basketball with them. Which is crazy. Another year, I think it was HP, uh, you get to their suite and Rod Stewart. So I'm like drinking Coors Light <laughs> two feet away from Rod Stewart just singing away. But it's the crazy the amount of money they spend. Well, it, Vegas is the perfect place for CES because it is the place of excess and they spend a ton of money. And that's also when it's the most expensive time to go to Vegas. So if you're planning a trip to Vegas, do not go at the beginning of January unless you're into tech. Yeah. And we should point out CES is not open to the public. No. So you can't. You could kind of fandangle your way in. There's, I yeah. think you can buy your way in for a hundred bucks. You might be able to now, yeah. but yeah. What was your favorite party? Uh, were, well, you, were you there for the Star Wars party? That, that's that what I was about to say. That was, that was, I mean, especially since there's such a Star Wars cra craze on right now with the, yeah. with the finale. But yeah, we, that Star Wars party threw was up that, a, that was at Dre's Beach Club beside the Flamingo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think up on the 10th floor, they've got like a giant pool area. Yeah. Like, like they had basically put the X-Wing in the pool. Half, an X-Wing fighter. Submerged. Yeah. Like a, an X-Wing fighter yeah. into the pool. And so I got a picture of me out there using the force to try to raise it out of the pool. <laughs> how much, okay. How much money did that cost to get oh. an X-Wing fighter into a pool? So yeah, that must've cost several million dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, but it was just such an awesome party. Like they had so many other things as well as you could go and get your picture taken with a lightsaber and with all your friends. And I mean, open bar, obviously this is how they treat the, the press at these events. And it was, like phenomenal and somehow between all of that we managed to get footage for the tv show but it's funny because by the end of it you're just dead you're just wiped out because you've walked like literally 30 miles a day and then you're into the evening like probably till 
I make poor life decisions, so I'm I'm out till two or three in the morning. <laughs> I don't know about you. And your liver hates you. It does, yeah. But you're out there too. And yeah. AJ. Yeah. We, you know what's so funny? AJ and I share typically share a room. Yeah. Uh, and we never see each other. Yeah. We never see each other. Nope. I, don't know, I don't know where you Was go. Even here? You don't the know where I go. The always made. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little crazy. Okay, we're going to have to take a break. That was kind of a look forward and reminiscing a bit uh, about the, the Consumer Electronics Show. We're going to talk about some of the top gadgets of the decade. After the break, uh, the top mobile gadgets. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Don't forget to uh, always visit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Sign up for our newsletter. It gets you into a fantastic program. We will be sending out an e-newsletter once every month or so, but you'll also be entered into our contest. We're constantly giving away thousands of dollars of tech prizes, so I I think it's important that you do sign up for that. Plus, uh, we're going to start giving you the best promo codes for a lot of the tech deals out there as well. So if you want to save some money, come see us, getconnectedmedia.com. Okay, we're going to look at some of the best tech of the past decade. In this segment here, I want to talk some of the, the top mobile tech for you over the past 10 years. It's 2020 now, from 2010 to 2020. What are some of the, the highlights for you? Uh, I'm going to start. Ah oh, man. Okay, you go. Palm Pre. Palm Pre? Palm Pre? <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Palm, my palm. Yep. Uh, put a lot the of- Palm Pilot. Yep. Yeah, they put a lot into, uh, you know, saving the company by coming up with Palm Pre, if you remember. It was a cool little phone, little flip up, little keyboard. Yep. Yeah. A cool operating system. Yes. Yeah, which, uh, which actually survived its way uh, past the actual phone itself, made its way into a few TVs and things like that. WebOS? Yeah. WebOS, Web yeah. Uh, it was ahead of its time. And you know what? A lot of the gestures you use there uh, are now used in uh, iOS. Yep. Which is kind of interesting. So that, that's your, yeah, one of them anyway. Yeah. Uh, for me, the iPhone 4 is one of those out there. Uh, I think that's when the iPhone really came into its own. Uh, it was a radical new design, uh, kind of a glass front and a glass back. And it was just amazing. Do you remember they actually lost one of them? <laughs> In one a bar? Th- an employee, yeah, an Apple right. employee lost <laughs> one of these. They had it disguised as a uh, an iPhone 3 and this guy forgot it at the bar and a reporter found it or was given to a reporter eventually. And I think this guy lost his job. I think so. Yeah, he ended up at the bottom of the bay, San Francisco (laughs) Bay. Uh, Another one that I I thought was important to talk about, the Pebble Watch. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I had one. Did you? Yeah. And so this was probably one of the first, I guess, I mean, there were smart watches coming out, but this was the first kind of one that captured my imagination. I, I had a lot of, air quote, smartwatches prior to that. Do you remember MSN Spot? Yes. <laughs> Explain that one. So Microsoft had a watch system that would actually use the FM radio waves to transmit news and data to your watch. It's a really cool That's idea. That's genius. Yeah, yeah. And it was very cool. Uh, and they had a couple different iterations of it, but it never quite took off. It was always a little clunky, especially if you were in Canada. It seemed to work much better in the US. Mm. Um, but the Pebble for me was really cool because it, it was the first w- device that had an e-ink display. and so Like an e-reader. An e-reader. Yep. So it actually had ridiculously good battery life. You could do a lot with it. But the thing I liked the most about it is you could actually customize your watch face, which was the first time you could really do that by actually like going in and 
drawing your own thing or mm-hmm. downloading from hundreds of other people's designs as mm-hmm. well, which I thought was really cool because it really lets you personalize what's on your wrist. Was this one of the first kind of big Kickstarter ones? Yeah, it was, well? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had the Kickstarter edition. It was 99 bucks. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. But eventually it died. Yeah. They, they I mean, they, they tried a couple different iterations of it and then it, um, it just kind of went sideways for them. Because okay. they got killed by the Apple Watch. Well, that's on my list as well. Yeah. The Apple Watch uh, basically came out. It had a lot of critics when it, it first launched. Uh, a lot of people were down on it, made fun of it. Uh, but it is now one of the biggest, when I say this, I mean all of all watches, digital or not, it's one of the biggest selling watches in the world. I would agree. They have wiped out everything in their path. Like I can't think of really many others that can compete on the scale of the Apple Watch. No. I didn't think I was going to want one, but I don't know if you remember when they launched it, they actually had a come and try it event yeah, okay, in the yeah. Apple stores. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want it. I don't want it. But I said, I got an extra spot for this come try it event. You should come. Okay, I'll come. I don't want it. I don't want it. I put it on my wrist. Oh my God, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were weak. I was. I know, but you know, I, they, they, they sent me one. Um, and I hadn't worn, and it's funny because my dad, he is a classically trained Danish watchmaker. Mm-hmm. And you'd think, like, I could get any watch I want. Yeah. And I hadn't worn a watch for like 20 years because I just didn't want anything on my wrist. So when the watch came out, of course, I have to try it because I'm a tech guy. And at first, ah, I hated it. I hated having that thing on my wrist. But I, I swear within two months, I, can't, I couldn't live without it anymore. It's funny that no one else has really been able to sort of even get close. You know, Samsung's still there with the gear. Yeah, I mean, arguably Fitbit for the yeah for other things. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if if there if people are wearing some something on their wrist, it's either a Fitbit, true, or an Apple Watch. Yeah. So that brings up my next one on the list. Fitbit would be up there for me as mm-hmm. a, one of the top gadgets of the decade. But will they be around in the next ten years? The only reason they might be is because Google has purchased them, but it, it looks like they they were having a rough go of it against Apple. Yeah, it's hard. I, I mean, um, and others it, like and all the other Android competitors. Well, because they're also the, just the original Fitbit was really single purpose, right? So you yeah. wore it for for your exercise component. Now the, a lot of these technologies are coming together. You've got health, you've got fitness, you've got other every other app that can be loaded on a smartwatch or some other smart device that you wear. Yeah, so I, I think the competition was, was huge. If you're an Apple guy or gal, you're probably going to go Apple Watch. Yeah. If you're not, there's a lot of competition in that space. You're up against Samsung and Huawei and many, many others that are doing it, in some cases, better or cheaper. Are we talking gadgets now? We sort of moved out of phones, hey? Well, no, this is mobile. We're talking mobile oh, okay. tech right now. Okay. Kind, of, kind of wearable-ish. Wearable, wearable-ish okay. and mobile. I mean, arguably mobile is wearable because you always have it in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, another one for me, the iPhone 10 and face recognition. I think uh, iPhone 10 really put uh, the, the full-screen bezel-less smartphone front and center. And then with the 3D facial scanner camera on it as well, uh, which works incredibly well. I think that took smartphone and biometrics to another level. That's a fair assumption, I think. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're at that stage of the decade, so to speak, I think that throwing out uh, a bit of kudos to Huawei as well. Huge. 
they, to me, literally came out of nowhere in the past few years. They've obviously been around for decades, uh, but in the mobile space, they are one of the top uh, smartphone manufacturers in the world now. And here in Canada, you really didn't know about them three years ago. No, and you think about like the quality of the device, the price point of the device. You know, I mean, you know, it's it's quite unfortunate that they're up against all the political issues. But you know, politics aside, uh, the technology is is amazing. I think it's important that we have the Huawei's of the world out there. We definitely need competition to keep Apple on their game for and one Samsung. thing, and Samsung. Um, but it's just good for everybody to have choices too. I mean, we've talked about this before on the show. It's great that you know Huawei has a watch that's different than the Samsung watch, yeah, right. And it gives people choices and gives people options regardless of what platform they choose to live on on their smartphone. Yeah, I believe it was the Mate Twenty uh, launch. I went to Huawei. It was in London, and. You know, after a while, you get jaded with all these smartphone launches because it's all the kind of the same stuff. This was one of the first one in years that I got truly excited about because I didn't know what to expect. It was Huawei. It wasn't a name I was like overly familiar with. And bam, this launch, they, they came out with a new smartphone, had uh, a 3D scanner built into it. It had uh, a fingerprint scanner right into the screen, which was amazing. And wireless charging. You could use the phone, the back of the phone, to charge other wireless devices which were all super innovative things that I just thought, wow, I have not seen that many advances in the mobile space in a long time. So important. Okay, we're going to have to take another break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about some of the top gadgets uh, over the past decade. Next segment, uh, the top uh, home gadgets. And there's some really interesting stuff. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike, AJ, and John here. We're talking about the best technology over the past decade it's 2020 it's been 10 solid years of really innovative stuff that has happened uh this uh, segment want to talk about home tech home technology and gadgets smart home tech smart home tech uh i think for me probably one of the biggest game changers would have to be the amazon echo with the alexa voice assistant uh when that came out I mean, it, it had a slow boil, but once people started understanding what that thing could do, it changed, I think it changed everything. For me, uh, the notion of talking to a box that's sitting on your counter was stupid. Yes. I like, I My don't, wife still thinks it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to do it until I saw what it could do. And then now I can't imagine my house not having them. If you think about it, like in any sci-fi that we watch, Star Trek, Star Wars, whatever it be, whatever show you watch, even dating back to, to, to geez, even, even dating back to the, you know, 1970, 89 with Star Trek, they've always speak, spoke to the computer, right? Yeah, it, it is amazing. And so Amazon Echo uh, begat the Google voice assistant in like the, uh, the Google Home. I mean, Google had their own assistant through the smartphones, but that's all blurring now. Like these voice assistants are on the smart uh, speaker devices in your home. They're on your phones. Uh, and even though I think Google has probably had and still has a bigger advantage by the sheer number of devices they have out there as far as smartphones using Android, because they all have Google Assistant built into them, mm-hmm. Amazon and the Amazon Echo with Alexa are ahead. The big thing for me with the Amazon side of the equation was they were the least expensive option to have multiple speakers around your house. Yeah. To have that whole house uh, home audio thing happening. Is it the best quality? No. 
there's definitely better options for that. And we've for talked for speakers, you mean for speakers, yeah, yeah, music for like Sonos, for example. Yeah. We've talked about that lots on the show. Um, but for me, it was the cheapest way for me to have this walking around my house, doing chores or doing whatever in my house, and having the same thing playing throughout multiple rooms, very inexpensively, as well as being able to control all my lights and everything else like that. When we were talking about what we were going to talk about for this this episode, I thought, you know, what technology do I use literally multiple times a day? that I don't actually touch every day. And this was the only thing that like was at the top of the list. Mm. And I truly use this every day now. Yeah. Like, uh, I, and I have both Alexa and Google in my, my home. I kind of use them for different things, but I'm controlling my home now. My lights, I use it uh, all the time. I use it to turn the fans on and off. I use it to start my robot vacuum. Uh, and, and many, many other things. Yeah. Well, the um, thing is, too, there's a lot of benefits beyond just um, like making your life easier. But like when I leave the house, I say, turn off all the lights. 20 lights go off. Yeah. You know, otherwise, I've been leaving those on because I don't run upstairs to turn off. You know, now I know like I'm saving all that energy by turning off the lights. Plus, you can schedule them when you're away to make yeah. it look like you're still home. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a, lot, there's a lot of side benefits. A lot of people are still understanding now. Sure. Uh, and to make it, to make it that much more compelling. But, you know, to go back to something you said, John, um, you know, when we're talking about best smart tech for home, I mean, Sonos, you brought it up already. I mean, this company was formed in 2002. Like, it was the best multi-room speaker system that you could get for years, and they're still out there strong today. They haven't been wiped out? Yeah. Many other companies would have been by now. Everyone went up against them. And we talked about this, like, why hasn't Apple or someone bought them? Yeah. I I might not be for sale. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. But yeah, Sonos, thumbs up to you over the past decade as well. Uh, another game changer for me this past decade, Nest. Yeah. Uh, the home thermostat, the smart one, uh, they basically, I think, really started that whole home uh, thermostat climate uh, control. <laughs> it's funny, though, how having a smart thermostat if you don't have one, you feel like you're like in a in a in a, in a shed out back, right? Like you need to have that <laughs> that you know. I want to have it warm when I'm home and cold when I'm not, or you know, turn it off at night and that kind of thing. And I only just recently got a smart thermostat because I didn't think there was options for me. Yeah. Because I have baseboards throughout my house and yeah. I didn't want to put a nest on every single. Yeah. Every cause that's just just a lot of money. Well, and it also uh, doesn't work with high voltage baseboards. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, what my problem is um, I've got an Ecobee which, you know, came out after Nest. Uh, and it only works on my downstairs. Like, my house is old, and I have old wiring. Mm. And so I had that specifically rewired downstairs. It was not as expensive to do that. But upstairs, I've got different thermostats, and it's the old-fashioned ones. And it's painful. Yeah. It's painful going back. But anyway, thumbs up to Nest over the past decade. Uh, quickly, I want to shout out to Philips Hue Lights. I think they really pushed the whole uh, home lighting and, and smart lighting category forward. I would agree. Um, I still don't know if I need to have a green or red light at any given time, but I love the the ability to dim certain lights that you normally wouldn't have the ability to do um, and also just sort of control them all and in sync with the rest of your smart home products. It's cool. I, I remember when they, they came out or were out, I, I got a bunch because I just thought they were the cat's meow. They're all controlled through a little Philips... Uh, Hue Hub. You can control them with your voice assistant or through an app. And depending what kinds you get, yeah, you can have ones that have millions of colors. It's funny though, now that there's so many advancements in you know home automation and smart lighting and switches, 
I don't use the colors as much anymore. That being said, Philips has been really great at innovating outdoor lighting. And so I'm using that, which is kind of cool. Spotlighting like certain trees in my yard or, you know, the garden. And it's, it's beautiful. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we're talking about the tech of the past decade. Stay tuned. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with John and AJ. Don't forget to hit getconnectedmedia.com. Sign up for our e-newsletter, and I'm going to tell you why you should, because if you like to win tech prizes, that's the place to go. We give away literally thousands of dollars in tech prizes uh, uh, coming up here over the next year. So once you've uh, signed up for the e-newsletter, and don't worry, we're not going to bombard you with a bunch of junk. Uh, you're going to be entered into our contest. We'll send out an e-newsletter every month or so uh, about the, the hottest tech and, and stories, but you'll also be entered automatically for all contests going forward. So we would love to have you on board. So don't unsubscribe. Don't. <laughs> we want you to be our friend. Okay, we're talking about the best tech of the past decade. I'm just going to kind of open it up to general gadgets right now. So I, I struggled with this for a while. Um, probably the most life-changing gadget in my world over the last decade has been 3D printing or 3D printers. Oh, for sure. For you, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I started into this as a hobby uh, about 2010-ish, and um, I was really lucky. I turned my hobby into something I did professionally. I wrote a book about 3D printing. I toured the world and talked about 3D printing. Um, it's something that I kind of use all the time though like and we, we talk about this often in the office like oh we need a, a special camera mount for something for the tv show or yeah. for the new studio we're building or yeah. those kinds of things like oh i can 3d print that um and he can yeah i needed a cover for my lock i can 3 3d print that yeah it's amazing yeah and we haven't even really seen its height yet no the, the big problem that 3d printing had when it first came at the beginning of the decade was that it got overhyped and Underdelivered. Yeah, mm -hmm. everyone thinks they're going to be able to 3D print their car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's and you know it's just not that simple. It does have a learning curve. It's not perfect. It's not the magic bullet for everything. You still need to do some you know traditional uh, things a certain way. But it's a fantastic tool to have in your toolbox if you know how to use it. And uh, it's a really inexpensive way of getting super nerdy and getting to hack and play with tech. Uh, in a really fun way that I've enjoyed it all immensely. Yeah, you know what I'd like to see is just a little bit more finish finishing on the 3D printed stuff. So like just like the texturing and stuff because I find a lot of the stuff has that sort of plasticky, you know, 3D plasticky feel to it. I'd love to see yeah, like, John. <laughs> I'd like to, oh, just a little bit of like a little more, you know, maybe it's some textures and some. Well, yeah, and, and keep in mind, a lot of the times the stuff I brought into the office have been quick and dirty prints. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, yeah. You can get, you know, how much money do you want to spend? Yeah. How how good a quality do you want, Fair. right? So I saw a house. Uh, also, one of the recent uh, things I follow on Instagram was uh, a building that was 3D printed. Yes. You know, so that we're seeing that now. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I, I, I toured Canada 3D scanning Canadians yeah. for an art project with Douglas Copeland. That was so cool. And we made a giant sculpture that yeah. we 3D printed. It took a year to 3D print. It's incredible. But they're faster now. Not really. No. 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 Just we had to print a lot. Yeah. Oh, okay, volume, <laughs> yeah. volume, volume, volume. Okay, I want to talk about another big story this uh, past decade as far as technology, and it would have to come down to drones. And yep. I yep. think one of the the big ones that really hit the mainstream was the DGI series of drones, the Phantom Three. I mean, not cheap for this one. It was kind of more of a prosumer one, coming in between a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars, depend 
depending how you tricked it out. But uh, drones, uh, again, it's they've had a tough go because of safety issues, obviously, and privacy. Uh, but we haven't seen the last of them. No, absolutely. They've become very commonplace in a lot of different things that we take for granted now. Almost every TV show you're probably watching is using a drone to film some of that those sequences, TV shows and movies. Um, but it's, like, it's being used in so many other industries as well, like for surveying. Uh, when they need to put up a new cell tower somewhere, they use a drone to measure the distances for mm-hmm. line of sight. Mm-hmm. When I need to see what my neighbors are doing. <laughs> Just fly I'm my kidding, drone. neighbors. I'm kidding. Uh, but yeah, there's been so many rules and restrictions come down hard on these things now. And it's, it's difficult to uh, fly them in many places. Well, the thing is, I know this because I have been certified to do this. You just have to take some tests. You have to read some things. And it's like really a driver's license. Right. It boils yeah. down to common sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we can't be flying drones down Gramble Street uh, during the work day, mm-hmm. but you can get a permit to do that if you really want to. Mm-hmm. So it is possible. Uh, and there's, there's actually lots of places outside of the downtown areas, too, where you can fly them and have a lot of fun with them. Any gadgets for you that uh, stood out this decade? Well, you know, just, you know, there's been, there's, been things that have just flamed you know like uh that have you know become super hot like one time wonders you know yeah one hit wonders yeah uh the flip camera oh the flip camera and you know i think like it's describe a, that thing well there's there's a whole homage to this this idea of like these because the phone has the smartphones now replaced so many things right but yeah. there but over the last decade there has been some pretty amazing devices single purpose devices the flip was this inexpensive right um, little device about the size of a juice box, you know? Yeah, it like, looked you know, like a juice box. Like a juice box. Had a camera on it yeah. and a big red button. Yeah. You yeah. know, a camera and a big red button. You couldn't get simpler. You couldn't get simpler. You hit the big red button and you basically take your video and, um, and you get little snippets. And then what was really cool about it um, was that it had a little flip out USB connector. So it was really easy to take that flip. Everything was in that one device. Right in that one device. So you could just Shoot, get that video. Plug it in. Yeah, and download it right onto your computer right away, and you could instantly have access to those those videos. So it was like super simple, took great video, uh, and it just, and it did so well. Like it, uh, to the point where I thought there's no way this can sustain this level, you know, as we started to see things like the GoPro come out. Cisco bought them actually. Yeah, they bought them for hundreds of millions of dollars, and I think within a year, wrote them off. <laughs> like Pretty they, much. They shut it down and wrote them off. Well, that was right around the time that smartphones were really yeah. picking up steam. Yeah. And even point-and-shoot cameras were able to shoot yeah. high-definition video, too. Yes. Uh, one more shout-out, the Raspberry Pi hobby computer, uh, designed and made to get a computer into the hand hands of any school child, affordable, a $25 computer board that you could add all sorts of different add-ons to so what's the most popular thing people are doing with it they're playing retro video games yes <laughs> and home theater pc stuff with it totally love it yeah. but anyway if you haven't tried that out you really should raspberry pi when we come back from the break we've talked about the best of the past decades we're going to talk now about the worst some of the worst devices and technologies <laughs> we came across stay tuned you are back with get connected mike agarbo here with john beeler and aj vickery we've been talking about the best of tech in the past decade. Now it's time for the worst. And I'm going to start off, and I would say there's two television categories over the past decade uh, that I just think didn't need to happen. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) They didn't need to happen. But, you know, that's the challenge. Like, if you look at the consumer electronic industry, it has been driven by the TV side. Every year they're trying to find some new 
thing to get you to buy a new TV. And typically it's been the resolution, right? We went from standard def uh, to high def to 4K. They're going to try pushing 8K this year, I know, big time. Oh, they're already on to 10K. Oh, 10K, sorry. Uh, but what were some of the failed technologies? The big one for me, 3D TV. What the hell? I fortunately escaped that. <laughs> I bought one. I bought one because I thought I'm going to have a 3D TV. And then I thought, how many 3D movies do I ever go to? And when I go, I hate them. And how many, how many people in your family got nauseous watching it? Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> so I bought a Vizio 3D TV and it was stupid. I, you know, I, I got a bunch of 3D movies and it was just dumb because you got to wear those glasses the entire time. And who's going to wear the glasses all the time when you're watching movies and television? And when they first came out, you actually had to charge the glasses. Yeah. They weren't. Or unless you had the passive ones. Well, the passive ones were pretty rare though at the, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. So the, yeah, then the, the ones that you had to charge, those were expensive. So then you got to pick which child you love the most to, <laughs> to, to be able to wear the 3D, 3D glasses. <laughs> The next one, though, curved TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. Like, why? Why? Uh, to create, like, an enhanced experience okay, you know, for maybe I, maybe I can see the curved monitor, but were they just doing that because, because they could curve the monitor? That's Probably. why I think they did it. Probably. It makes sense in a theater experience, not so much in a home theater experience. And, you know, the manufacturers made up all sorts of crap as to why you'd want a curved TV in your home. But why? Yeah. Like, Two I mean, years later, not one on. Not I'm waiting for the curved dishwasher. <laughs> the curved dishwasher. Okay. It, it might be coming. Okay, we got two minutes left. What are some other misses for you? Oh, well, um, the exploding electric uh, scooters, the little... Um, oh, well, the hoverboards. The hoverboards. Oh, those are my favorite. <laughs> I, still, I still have one at home, and we have one in the office. Yeah. And it's only a matter of time before they burn our places down. But yeah, those things caught fire like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a problem. It what about Google pro Glass? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it, it's certainly uh, up there. I think there's elements of it that survived and have, it was a good learning experience, <laughs> but definitely you were a beta tester, yeah. myself included. Yeah. Um, for me, though, the Lytra was probably the most disappointing camera product. Lytra. Lytro. Lytro. It was a light field array. It allows you to take a photo with one little weird little cubular... Um, camera. Yeah, you got to look this up. L-Y-T-R-O. Yeah, and then basically you could adjust the focal point later on so you could change focus. Now we can do it with our smartphones. Yeah. But yeah. at the time, this was kind of a big deal, but it was a very limited window of opportunity for this camera, and it was pretty expensive. I bought one because I liked new and weird camera gear at the time, and I ended up selling it for a fraction of what I bought it for. How much you buy? I bought it for 500 bucks, $500 and I sold it for 150. Oh, you got a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, there's literally dozens more we could talk about, but we're uh, out of time. We are going to be at the consumer electronics show next week. So stay tuned uh, the following Saturday to hear what we found. There's going to be some really cool stuff. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. want to thank everyone that helps put the show together, including my two hosts, John and AJ. And also of course, Steven, Christina, Graham and Paul and Nigel too. See you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.